Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another exciting show. And today I am coming, as always, from behind, um, from the command center, I should say, of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location. Why? Because I am going into the vault to pull out another exciting show, but also great value that I believe would be helpful to you as a leader. And today we are going to talk about Scared Straight, that it is a good movie, a good movie title, but it's a poor leadership strategy. Now, a question immediately, I'm sure, that comes to your mind is possibly scared straight. What is that? Now, I, I want to give you a backdrop because I think where when you hear me talk about why this is a poor leadership strategy, you will get the understanding, the picture of this. Now, scared, tr- scared straight is, is a, actually it's a, a program that is how I knew it. I know they had a movie or a video that portrayed this kind of philosophy, but I know it as a program that I was a part of in a very small way, and I'll tell you how in a few moments. But what it was designed to do was to mainly focus on teenagers or preteens who were actually, you would say, ones that were in a stage of rebelliousness. They were the ones that parents were having a hard time controlling. Some would say they're out of control. Some of them were kids that were possibly heading to or have gone to Juvenile Hall, where is a detention center for teenagers and and preteens, mainly teenagers, because they were not old enough to go to a prison system, so they went into a juvenile center. And straight, scared straight was designed to somehow put the, let me put it the phrase, the fear of God into these young people so that they would not want to at any more, any moment or any other time do something stupid or crazy or just out of, you know, out of their sense of not managing themselves or emotions, did things that were harmful, painful to others, right? Whether it's other person's property or a person's physical being and, and, and so on. 
And, and so what happened was the, I, the, the thought process behind this was if we could only put the fear into these young people, then possibly they will, it, it would act as a deterrent for them to not go become repeat offenders. And, and so what happened, they would show situations of people and actually take young people, teenagers, into the prison system. And they would take them where their hardcore criminals were and have them walk through. Now, those criminals would not be able to put a hand on them because they were in their cells, but they had a chance to come to the door. And some of these prisoners were in on this. They were kind of primed ahead of time to say, this is what we want you to do when these teenagers come through. We want you to make it such so intense that when they see and hear the conditions of the prison, they would certainly not want to, to come here. They would take these young people through the, the corridors, so to speak, the prison ward, and take them down the hall where they were basically surrounded on both sides by prisoners who are yanking on the cell doors, swearing at them, calling them names, telling them they cannot wait until they get here so they can have their way with them, and on and on. And these were prisoners who were, they were, in, they were so intense. You, you, you almost kind of felt a fear and a shudder. Now, I've never been into it, but I've seen the video of that. That was a program called Scared Straight. Now, a part of that program was to have kids who were not yet in the system. And they had like a, a center where teenagers and young adults were, and they were kept in this, you would say, a base or a anger management control boot camp type of thing. Let's put it that way. These teenagers were there because they were being conditioned by you know, leaders. I mean, these guys were tough and muscular and this sergeant type who bark orders at them and tell them what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And these are the teenagers who don't want to follow orders. They don't want to follow any kind of authority. I mean, their parents could not tell them to do anything for them to do that. These were the kind of teenagers that were in this, this base. So what happened was I was a part of this extension program that we were teaching anger management. And what happened, we, we asked to be invited, we asked to take the teens to the center so that you can see firsthand what happened. Now, what they witnessed was real time. It was not, these teens were not making things up. They were just had a chance to observe. And these teens who were in this base knew these teens were there to observe them. And they kind of up the ante. They, you know, you can imagine, right? They just kind of made it tough and want the kids to see how tough they were and that if they ever come there, that's their territory and what they would do. I remember watching these two teenagers in the base standing face to face. I mean, they were actually just a few 
I would I would say inches, maybe a foot or two feet apart, and they stand before each other. And what happened was part of this drill was that one person who had something like a beef with somebody else could tell them how they felt and really tell them in a way that possibly they did not want to hear. And that person had to stand there and listen. They could not react, no matter what names, or no matter what was said, they, and they could not ball their fist. That was against the policy. They had to have their hands down to their side. They could not make a fist because at the moment they make a fist, that means a fighting stance, and that is a no-no. So these kids were being trained and drilled into how to behave and how to listen without interrupting, how to get feedback from others they've hurt through their words or behavior or you know, actions. And so I watched that. And I will never forget these two teenagers had to do this, this exercise, so to speak. And one had to tell the other how he felt about something. And he had to listen. And then he had to apologize for what happened. He heard the person out, realized what had happened. And then part of the, the whole exercise was once you're brought into an offense is made known to you, how you've offended someone, your job was to respond in a manner that simply say, I hear you, I, um, ex- I accept responsibility, and I want you to know that I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That was the essence of that drill. And, but you could tell. I mean, it was so intense. It, it, it really kind of shook some of our teenagers because they were not bad kids. They were just kids who were, you know, just kind of gone, basically took the wrong path or is planning to take the wrong path, making bad decisions one on top of the other. So that's what was being experienced. And and the group that I took, you know, I would also say that few of those kids were so shaken up that they said, man, I don't want to go here. This is not where I want to go. And so we talked about then what would you need to do? If this is not where you want to end up, how do you plan to not end up here? What would you need to do so that your life takes a different path and what that path would look like? So we would we were able to brainstorm and basically observe and kind of debrief on all of that. And and that was the, the, the scared, scared straight program that I saw. And, and the, as, I mentioned, as I mentioned, they had a video or a video program that really it's, it's more intense than this because you are seeing kids actually go through the jail, the prison cell. And, and, and there's some teens who actually some part of this program where they actually are brought there as part of the somehow you know, it's trying to modify behavior. Now, does it work? Well, there's schools of thought on that. Some There's one side of the school that says, yes, it does work. And the other side said it really doesn't. As a, as a matter of fact, it only kind of leaks some kids to continue that path because they're going to show that they're tough and that, that, doesn't shake, that doesn't shake them. That doesn't even move a hair on the back of their neck, right? So that's what they are were wanting to do. But there are some kids that I, I talked to, and they told me that, man, that Mr. Kingsley, you know, it was really frightening and scary 
I, I thought those guys were going to fight. I, I really felt a, fe- a fear. A fear came upon me. And I, I got some of those feedback. Others are like, oh, okay. You know, that there was just, it's, it's one of those things. And it's almost like, oh, okay, no big deal. I'm thinking, no big deal? Are you kidding me? But I guess I realize that some teens are just that way. Some people are just that way. Now, these are the kind of people or somewhat that you also have in your organization as a leader. These are some people who are on your team and you're trying to help them to do better. You're trying to help them to get their acts together. You're trying to help them to really give their best self and you believe that they have more to give than what they're doing. You're trying to get them to be more productive. You're trying to get them to be more harmonized, be more team-like, and it's like you're pushing a boulder uphill. And you're having a very hard time. The question is, what do you do? How do you how do you get these your team members to actually let me put in air quotes here? So I want to put this in very carefully in air quotes that you don't think that this is something, you know, when you hear what I say, you you understand that I'm qualifying here. That you, how do you get them to straighten up? To to behave the way that they ought to as team members. And again, I put behave in air quotes because I want to not be heard as if I'm trying to have you as a leader treat your people as children. And when I use this terminology like behave and straighten up, it's almost like you're speaking to kids and these are not kids, right? So I'm, I'm really wanting to make certain that I put it, put that in a manner where you can hear. But also, but I think it, it's really... Pro- it really uh, um, communicates what it is I'm saying by using those, those those words, getting them to straighten up and how to behave, right? You want them to become productive team members. You want them to win because their win is everybody's win. You want them to, to feel like a family, right? You want the, the, the culture to be one where, ev- where everybody is loving and caring and, and want the best for each other. But you're having like, man... This is like a motley crew. I have a hard time. You know, one of my favorite leaders of all times that I've talked about so many times and also in my book is just use a brief part of that, his life, to talk about leadership and how he led. As a matter of fact, one of the core traits of the seven essential traits of leadership that I have in my book is where I talked about stewardship. And in that, I mentioned about servant leadership. And this person really... Epitomize, um, epitomizes, epitomizes what that looks like. And that's, that's Jesus, because he was a leader of all leaders, right? He had a motley crew of, of team. I mean, you talk about a, a group of people that were all over the place. And these guys were, 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 you know, it's almost like today you would say they're, some of them are, are terrorist-minded in their thinking. And that's true. They were, they were fighters, and you would say they're those that were fighting the, in the hills and the mountains. So that was the kind of makeup he's... And, and, and here's the thing, he chose them. <laughs> he chose them, right? But he had a motley crew of leaders and he wanted them to, be, to become better, the best self and become productive and he found a way to do that. And I'm, you know, I can tell you one thing, he did not use scared straight. He did not use scared straight. He, he used another methodology, 
methodology. And I believe that you too can use another methodology that helps and has more, is more productive. It gets more results. And I will share with you what that is right after I share with you the Did You Know segment of our podcast where I highlight something of Jamaica asking the question, did you know? And just to say, hey, here's one more thing you need to know of the country that I, I'm from. And you need to at least once visit Jamaica and take in the, the ocean, the beauty, the blue ocean, the white sands. As you walk through the sand and the sand between your toes and you hear the water crashing into the barrier of the shore and see the, the majestic ocean and the sun dancing off the surface of the, the water. And the, the people of Jamaica just kind of lay back and no rush, no pressure, right? Do, that, am I making you feel like, oh man, I need to be there? Okay, I, I'm, I'll stop. I, I, I'll stop right now. So I don't try to have you lose this moment because you are at work or you are doing something focused and I'm having you dream. I'm having you kind of almost, not envy, but feel jealous of those who are there right now. Okay, so here's the one thing. <laughs> Here is our Did You Know segment of Jamaica. Did you know that Jamaica has a two-party system? The major parties being the Jamaica Labor Party, and the People's National Party. A large number of minor parties have cropped up and disintegrated into the, in the past, like many other countries, with only a very few, if any, really, winning seats in parliament. Jamaica also have a governor general, and that is from the English system where it's almost like the Queen of England, where he is a, a head figure, but really not a major player in politics in Jamaica. But the two-party systems are the Jamaica Labor Party, where one of, one of its founding leaders, the Honorable, Honorable Edward Siaga, died recently. Actually, he passed in June of 2019, if you're listening to this podcast at a much later time. And he was one of the founders of the Jamaica Labor Party. And the other party is the People's National Party, where Norman Manley was the founder or one of the founders of that party. Did you know that? Well, now you know. We now return to regular Broadcasting of the Kings of Grant show. Okay, so the scared straight idea, as I shared earlier and talked about, that it's a good movie title, right? It's a, it's a program. It's something that sounds wonderful. Scared straight. Wow. How can I get that to, what, where would I apply that? I share with you about the programs and so on. And now let's shift into the area of leadership. Where is this used? And I find some leaders think and may have this idea that if they can, quote, scare straight their team member, then possibly that would send a rippling effect or have a rippling effect in the ocean of their environment. 
their mindset is if I can humiliate, humiliate and embarrass publicly, then that would send a strong message. Don't mess with the leader. <laughs> That's not necessarily what they want to say, but they want to make sure that people learn and realize, hey, we need, we mean business that, in their mindset. We mean business. We are here to do one thing, and that is to work, get the job done, get the project done, get the outcome we're after done. We're here to get it done and nothing else. <laughs> and so they will use coercion, force. They'll use their words to try to demolish and belittle and speak in condescending way and being sarcastic to their team member. And one of the, their focus, their reason behind that is to send a strong and clear message. We want you to act right. We want you to get your act together and produce. And that's their methodology, thinking this is going to work. But how many, how many of you, I mean, let's, not how many, I'm speaking to you. Do you know that this does not really work? How many people have tried this and to get the result they're looking for and find out that it hasn't worked? Have you ever been in a situation where you've experienced this? Now, I know that you're not the, the kind of leader that does this, are you? I don't think so. I, di- I did not think so. People are, mo- are mo- motivated not by threats, not by the external kind of pressure. Now, there's a part of people that will be in compliance. They'll do what they ought to do for the moment, but it's going to be half-hearted. It's going to be possibly riddled with some holes where it's not as accurate or as it could have been. And, you know, this reminds me of the story that I have in my book, The Immortelligent Leader Succeed Where Others Failed and become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. And you say, Kingsley, what's an immortelligent leader? Well, an immortelligent leader is one that is very, recognizes, understands, and manages his or her emotions and the emotions of those around him or her, and is better skilled at decision-making, relationship management, and job performance. That is who I am referring to when I talk about an immortelligent leader. And and the book is replete with how you can become that kind of leader because that's the leader who succeeds where others failed. That's the leader who will find a way, a better way in the 21st century to realize that what used to work no longer works. And if they're going to succeed, this scared straight idea is not going to work. It's not going to work with the generation that you're now most, for the most part, working with. They're not moved by those things. In a sense, you would say they're kind of hardened in a very nice way, respectful way. They're hardened to these kind of harsh harsh criticism. They're kind of hardened to this brute force, strong, positioned leader approach. Uh, Because they've had so much of that in their earlier years. Imagine how many of them have been kind of conditioned this way because of a a parent that is an alcoholic, a parent who is a drug addict, a parent who is absentee, is an absentee parent, a parent who is a, a workaholic, a parent who has 
didn't have an upbringing where they were kind of nurtured and cared for the way that they ought to. And so we have a generation that have been exposed to things even around them. Deaths, uh, school shootings, mass murders, these, these kind of things. And they see it and they hear it. And so it's almost they become desensitized. And nothing, not much move them as it used to. And you're not going to try to use straight, straight, scared, straight tactics. You're going to try to try to use that force and get them to do something that they're unwilling to do? No. You know, as I mentioned, started to, I started to say earlier, it reminds me in my book about a story I heard about a little boy who was told by his dad to sit down. His dad would bark orders at him, sit down, sit down. And the boy looked up at his dad and he slowly sat in his chair looking at his dad is almost like staring him down. And the little boy was, was asked, what were you thinking as you sat in your chair? The little boy said, I sat down on the outside, but I stood up. I stand up on the inside, he said. <laughs> And that's what tends to happen, right? When people act as if or show as if they're compliant, they're just doing that for the moment, but you're not getting them to be 100% behind what they're doing, which opens the door for more mistakes, opens the door for things being done half-heartedly. It opens the door for things to not get the desired attention as it ought to be, right? So, Scared Straight, yes, it may be a good movie title, but it's a poor leadership strategy. And I know that you are, well, let me say it this way. I I do believe and trust that you're not the kind of leader who's trying to lead that way because the results you're getting is not going to be better. And as you know, this saying is, if you want a better outcome, better results, don't expect to get that by doing the same things you've always done. It's people who do the things they've always done, but yet they expect a different result. Doesn't work. Ain't gonna work. No way. Not. not <laughs> it won't work. So let's not, let's not give in to that pressure. So, Kingsley, what is the alternative? My friend, there are many, but I will just simply say this, that one of my first essential traits of leadership in my book is leadership is stewardship, where it talks about caring for and nurturing. And I have my book, which will help you to even get more of these things I've discussed today. So you said, Kingsley, how can I get your book? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I have set up an opportunity for you to get a free copy of my book. If you go to Kingsley Grant, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T.com slash free leadership book, you can get a copy of that. You can follow the, the instructions there and you will find a way to get it. So I hope you will get yours. It's available also on Amazon. So if you want to get it straight from there in the ebook version or the print version, you can help yourself to that. So I, I do hope that you, you'll do that. And remember this, my friend, you're one skill away. Just one skill. And with that said, my friend, peace out. God bless. 
and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.